We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another installment of the VM NBA show brought to you by the most dynamic, electrifying, horny backcourt in all of podcasting. <laughs> Your boy Lamb here and my co-host who is giggling in the background once I said horny. Impy, what up? Yo, this uh, this VM NBA pod is the NBA finals edition. Mm. Um, hopefully we have a few more of these episodes. Um but yeah, man, how's uh happy happy Tuesday to the uh, lovely people out there? Although you'll probably be listening to this on Wednesday, we recorded a day early so that you have some time uh, to get some content in before Game Three. Oh yeah, oh yeah, a very uh a very interesting series, man. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's funny. I will say the one thing that I dislike the most about doing a sports show is. The day-to-day complete 180 that we have and we have to give our takes on. Yes. Dude, it's, it's, it's like after game one, Toronto wins, and the whole world is like, oh, man, Toronto. Who, you know, watch out. Watch out for the Raptors. Watch out. If they win game two, it's over. And then after game two, oh, man, Golden State won shorthanded. Will, will Toronto even win another game this series? It's like. Calm down. Toronto's going to win another game. Let's, let's not, you know, let's not jump out the window. It's just crazy to me. And I guess this is this is just the era of social media. And we, you know, I mean, I am used to it, but I'm sure you see it. I get it all the time. And the rest of the guys, just anyone who, I guess, works in this line of, 
in this industry, the sports media stuff, it's, you know, something happens and it's immediately I want to take. And you just go through the NBA playoffs, you know, we're not really going to do a recap of the whole playoffs, but dude, just think about what the narrative was after game two of the Bucks series with the Raptors. Yeah. And then Giannis falls out with a couple seconds left. They go into overtime. They steal game three, the Raptors. And then before you know it, everything has just switched. Even going back to the second round, didn't Boston beat Milwaukee in game one? Yeah. In Milwaukee? Oh, man, you know, the Bucks don't have it. And they wound up cleaning them up, you know, much to my disappointment as I was high on the Celtics. But, no, absolutely. You can kind of go around, you know, around the playoffs each and every series there is one of those. Um, but, you know, with all that being said, um, I'm, you know, I'm excited that it's 1-1 going back to the Bay. Uh, shout out Aubrey. That was really funny in the locker room. Did you did you catch that in, in the in the tunnel? Yeah, the Clay? Clay and Durant. Yeah. Supposedly, what happened was uh, Durant and Clay were going to go back into the locker room from the tunnel, and someone was like, "Yo, yo, slow down, slow down." Drake's coming down. Drake's coming down. So they kind of it was almost like it was forced, like like they wanted to start a little bit of beef, which is funny and exciting. It's good for the league. Yeah, it is good for the league, definitely. And yo, like. I don't know. I don't have no issue with the Drake stuff. I know we touched on it last week, but it's it's Drake, man. He's a public figure. He's he's one of the biggest megastars in the world. Yes. And he brings attention to the game. And, yo, he wasn't kidding when he said, look, look around you after game five. He was like, look around you. We built this. No one cared about Toronto. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I didn't really care about Toronto really until Drake came into the picture. And sorry to the loyal fans from the six, but he really put them on a map as far as just – a content standpoint, their athletics, their their music, their their culture, everything. No, this is the this is probably the the, the most hyped up Toronto's been in, 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 in you know for a really long time. Like, think about it. How you know thinking back, like when did Toronto have any buzz? Like the Batista bat flip, right? Yeah. Or um, you know Vince Carter dunk contest, but the Raptors weren't really that good back then, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. So like it's. This is kind of the most success they've had. Supposedly, the city of Toronto is absolutely buzzing. Restaurants, bars, um, you name it. All, all of these kinds of, you know, the, the city's booming. Um, obviously, Drake's, Drake's the biggest artist in the game right now. So, a, a lot of positive momentum for the Six, like you said. Yeah, so let, let's talk about the first two games in the Six, right? You seem like you got the college atmosphere out there. Uh, whole country bus behind the Toronto Raptors. They protect home court after game one uh pretty pretty solid you know we 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 text each other throughout throughout all the games and especially with game one and even this series we've been pretty spot on on what we thought the biggest takeaways and the biggest x factors were going to be right game one danny green kind of reestablishes himself as a force you know he hit a bunch of big shots um you know we've been we've been singing siakam's praises since the beginning of the year We've yeah. been all over that, and it was funny how, you know, there's some guys in our group chat that don't really follow the NBA that much, and by the group chat, I mean the one with, like, our entire friend friends group, and they're yeah. like, damn, yo, Siakam, though? Siakam, it's like, yeah, he's he's been doing this, you know? He's been doing this. So how do you feel so far about the first two games, man? I, I mean, look, um, we said from the beginning that it's the secondary players for Toronto that are going to have to kind of, if, if, if Toronto has any chance um, at winning this series, it's the secondary players are going to have to step up. It's your Danny Greens, it's your Van Vliet's, it's your Sergi Bacas. And then, you know, take a peek at the game one box score. They win by nine points. They score 118 points on a good Golden State team. 
um, and they hold Golden State to 109 points, which may not, you know, which may seem like it's a decent amount, but at the same time, Golden State's probably the most deadly offensive team in the league. So holding them to 109 is not, you know, ain't no, you know, ain't no picnic. But going back to Game One, Kawhi 23 points, Siakam 32 points. On, but not only did he have 32 points, he had an efficient 32 points. I think he missed only a, a less than a handful of shots on all of those buckets that he was getting. Eight eight boards, five assists. Gasol gives you 20. Um, although Kyle Lowry didn't score that many points, he played great defensively, drawing charges, kind of doing those kind of, those those. he's getting his hands dirty, doing the little things um, because he's not kind of scoring on the offensive side. Uh, Danny Green puts in 11, Fred Van Fleet 15. So those secondary players got you some buckets that you needed. Um, and then you hold Golden State to 109. And after game one, Steve Kerr said, look, we'll be able to, um, win games this series if we score 109 points. It's the defense that we're going to have to improve, improve upon. And then you know you take a look at game two; it's a different story. Um, so, and it's funny because take a look at the score of game two. How many points did the Warriors score? 109. So Steve Kerr was absolutely on the money where he said we can win scoring 109 points. They just have to pick it up on defense. And what happened? They they you know they 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 they, uh, they held the Warriors to 14 less points in game two, and they won the winning. So the keys to defense for Golden State. Yeah, and I remember us two texting each other, and we were saying like, "Yo, Siakam, Van Vliet," because we named our all VM NBA team, or like, "Yo, we got two Raptors on there." But it was my my thing, though, man. Especially with Game One, like I felt like Kyle Lowry played well, and you know he only scored seven points. But we were talking about like his aggressiveness to the cup. Him realizing that, you know, he was one of five from three and he wasn't forcing it. I do think that a lot of times you see in the NBA, especially with point guards, they say shoot or shoot. And I think that's a dumb thing to say. Like, yeah, shoot or shoot. But there's just some nights you just don't have it. And I think Kyle Lowry's awareness of realizing that, yo, you know what? It's not my night tonight. Siakam has missed. You know, I believe he he banged like 10 straight buckets at one point. I think he missed two shots the entire game. I could be wrong. But yeah, I think he I missed mean, two shots. I, I think only Shaq had a game that efficient before, like in the paint or something. It was something. It was something absurd, you know, like the the comparisons with Siakam's game to to some others. But yeah, you saw Gasol too, and yo, you know what, man? They might not have the finals experience, and we talked about it. A lot of these Raptors have played in some big games. Yeah, like the Grizzlies have been in the conference finals with Gasol. They had some bar fights with the Spurs on the road and against the Warriors. Ibaka's been to the finals. Even Kyle Lowry, despite his struggles, he's been to ECFs. Danny Green, Kawhi. So this is a veteran team that has the experience. Is it finals experience? No, there's only two guys, three guys, I should say. But I do think that Kyle Lowry played well in game one. Now, game two, Imp, uh, I kind of have a strong take. I don't know if it's a hot take. Tell me how you feel about this one. If the Raptors lose this series, which, you know, I'm still going to stand by Raptors in seven because I expected it to be 1-1 going back to the Bay. Mm -hmm. I think if the Raptors lose this series, you can easily point to game two as being the reason why. No, that's, that's a game that you let slip away that you shouldn't have. Without a doubt. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and the reason... And, and, and you're, you're right. You're 100% right. And the reason is because Steph uh, looked gassed the entire game. He wasn't hitting shots early on either. So Steph is gassed. Clay didn't even finish the game, who was the, one of the guys that was scoring for you. Looney winds up getting hurt. Uh, at, at, I think over the course of uh, the entire game, too, four different Warriors went to the locker room. So 
like you said, that was the one opportunity to kind of go up 2-0, um, clearly protect home court, um, and, they, and, and they gave it away. Nick, let me ask you a question. Um, what quarter do the Warriors do their most damage? Oh, it's it's after halftime, third quarter. It's been like this since Steve Kerr really took over. So, Golden State, uh, in game two, they go on that 18-0 run in the third quarter. And, and when we, we talked about that with the tip. The tip. It's like, and that kind of goes back to, you know, when we were doing take your pick on the coaches. A, a, a team playing well um, coming out of the gate and then in the third quarter is a credit to good coaching. And what does Golden State always do really well? Play really good in the third quarter. Yep. So they go on the 18-0 run in the third quarter, and that pretty much ended the game. Although, don't get me wrong, Toronto came back, and they fall back to one-position game. But I'm just saying, it's really hard to come back from that 18-0 run on the, uh, with Golden State being on the road. Um, I mentioned Steph looked weak. Clay didn't even finish the game. Um, you know, dude, I'm in, and, and I've been saying it. I've been, I'm impressed by the Warriors' kind of their depth. They're getting buckets from Andrew Bogan on lobs. On lobs. He's their third-string center at the moment. Um, so this is kind of a, a really good example of how deep they are. Um, look, when it's tough to score, they get easy buckets in transition. Um, and they also, you know, they had some good ball movement as well. Um, I love the fact that Kerr started Boogie Cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had a double-double in like 24-ish minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Um, super fire stat, Nick. Uh, 22 assists on 22 made baskets in the second half of game two. And 34 assists on 38 made baskets um, you know, overall. So just that sums up, in my opinion, um, you know, what makes Golden State uh, so dangerous. Yeah, and I also think with game two, the reason why I think you're going to go back and say, damn, that's the game that we lost the finals on if the Raptors do lose the finals. It's because, like you said, it Steph wasn't running wild. He wasn't like nine of 12 from three. From three. He wasn't going, you know, typical Steph. But Clay gets hurt, no Durant. Uh, Boogie, Boogie's balling out, sure, but he hasn't played in a long time, really, at that level. And you score, they score, excuse me, one basket in the last 545 of the game. And you just couldn't come back. You know, in the last five and a half minutes, you couldn't generate any offense. And you're at home. So I think if if you're going to go back, and and even so, even so with all that, Iguodala hits a huge, huge bucket at the end of the game. And what's crazy about that shot, Nick, is I think Toronto was happy that he took that shot because oh, it was about 100%. six. It was at six or seven seconds left on the shot clock. Uh, sorry, on the game clock. If he misses that shot, you would then have a timeout, and you have a possession. You have the chance to not only tie the game but win the game. So, uh, you know, on a three or whatever. So, um, you know, uh, high risk, high reward opportunity or, or situation there for for Iguodala, and he kind of puts it in. I, I have a crazy nugget here, dude. Um, and this kind of sums up Golden State's greatness in a nutshell is the fact that, all right, so Golden State went on that 18-0 run in the third quarter, right? That run lasted about five minutes and 38 seconds or so, give or mm-hmm. take. Fast forward to the the Raptors run. The Raptors went on a run at the end of, at the end of the uh, end of the game too in the fourth quarter. Their run went basically five minutes and 35 seconds, right? Yeah. Three seconds shorter than Golden State's run. However, the difference was Golden State's run was an 18-0 run. Toronto's run was a 10-0 run, and it cut it to a one-possession game. Pretty much the same length of time, but the problem is the Raptors weren't necessarily on fire. They scored eight less points in the same amount of time. Um, Toronto played great down the stretch defensively, but like you said, they missed a lot of shots. Um, and so 
it's like you said, it, they definitely, um, you know, missed out on a golden opportunity without a doubt. Yeah. And like you said about Iguodala, that's exactly who you want to take in that shot. You don't want Steph taking that shot on the, uh, on the floor at that time. Uh, you know, cause like we said, clay was out and yo you know what like we i kind of shit on like some of the other pieces but quint cook especially i guess in this system he doesn't seem afraid of the moment now i wouldn't want him being my starting guard but i do think like with them he's he's serviceable and he seems like he's not he's trigger happy and he's not afraid of of the big moment like he's not gonna pass it up he took a big three in game one he missed it but i think that's to me, that's like ballsy. Like, yo, I'm not afraid to to show out here. Yeah, um, and like you, and 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 like I said, you're not necessarily getting you're getting quality minutes out of these kind of role players on Golden State, and that's just what you need. You kind of just need these guys to kind of hold the fork down until the guns get big, get get back in. Granted, the guns are hurt at this point, so the fact that you stole a game is amazing, but. Like I said, Golden State held Toronto twenty-one points in the third quarter, 24 points in the second, in the fourth quarter. It's it, it, it's really tough. Uh, um, uh, game two, uh, Kawhi minus fourteen plus minus Siaka minus four plus minus Lowry minus seventeen plus minus. Um, Kawhi got to the free throw line a whole bunch. Um, got to the free throw line sixteen times, which is super impressive. But look, he's giving you forty minutes. Marcus Ole. Two of seven from the field, not going to cut it. Kyle Lowry, not going to cut it. Four of, ele- four of 11 from the field. 13 points, you know, not terrible, but at the same time, you need more out of the guy that's getting paid $30 million. Um, you know, all these guys are in the negative. Shout out to Powell, plus 13, plus minus, which is impressive. But you need more from guys like Ibaka, only giving you seven points. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough if these secondary players are going to really show out, without a doubt. All right, let's take let's take a break real quick just to uh, just to um, plug a couple of things. Patreon.com slash veterans minimum to support the show. Any little bit helps. There are some more uh, perks that you get if you are a Patreon member. Also, uh, the Discord, which is one of the perks. Uh, it's always pumping, especially during the finals. Shout out to all the people from Canada that are really invested in the NBA Discord. Four one six J. 416J, our guy who actually, uh, shout out to him also for, you know, the graphics. If you guys are following uh, at Veterans Minimum on Instagram, I'm doing the 32 and 32 series. We're up with the Buffalo Bills today. We did the whole AFC East so far. Every day at 7 p.m. we're posting a video. The border and the outline is from uh, 416J, so shout out to him. Uh, Also, I want you guys to... Should we tell them about this new segment we want to get some... uh, Yeah, because we want to give some help out if possible. Yeah, so, you know, we just, MP and I had this idea about, uh, you know, calling it Life Block. It's uh, a way to free up the tightness of the show and not be so worried about X's and O's and all that. And you guys seem to like the banter and the the uh, opening rants and whatnot between all the guys and, you know, obviously us too also. Um, yeah, so we're, we're calling this segment Life Block. If you guys want to email us at at Veterans Minimum Podcast at Gmail. Tell us some shit that's going on in your life and we'll have some fun with it. You know, like if you want it to be anonymous and you don't want us to read your name on air, you know, just put it in the email, put it in the subject line, life block. And, you know, it could be anything, right, Imp? Yeah, no, without a doubt. I definitely think, uh, I, I think it will be a lot of fun and it doesn't even have to be too, like, obviously we can give you love advice, relationship advice, uh, 
career advice, career advice, you know, take, take our advice with a grain of salt. Um, but at the same time, I really think, you know, we've been through some shit and we can help some people out. Um, and like you said, totally cool if it's anonymous without a doubt. For sure. So let, let, let's get that going. Let's uh, let's have something for next week, folks. You guys, uh, I'm not going to lie. They let us down in that Discord. We kind of opened it up exclusively to the Discord, folks. So uh, some of you have to uh, bounce back. You know what I'm saying? Nick, let me ask you a question. Holla at me. What do you think? So now let's look, let's look forward to Game 3 right now. Yes, I want to um, preview the rest of this series. And there are a lot of questions. What do you think... Um, what do you think Golden State has to do? And I, was, I know this sounds stupid after winning game two, but what does Golden State need to do to win game three at home with a depleted lineup? So that's the craziest thing because at the moment, Clay is questionable. Durant is out for game three per Steve Kerr. Uh, and I think we're not going to get Durant back, man. I think this injury is way more serious than, than they're letting on. I think he's really hurt. You know, like I, I think that they're just going to go the rest of the series without Durant. Uh, I mean, if it goes like six or seven, maybe you get him back. Um, so, so let me ask you a question because we had something similar happen with over the weekend, right? Over the weekend, it was the Champions League final. It was uh, Tottenham and Liverpool. And one of the biggest talking points and one of the biggest fallouts was Pochettino, the head coach and manager of Spurs, he had to make a big decision on Harry Kane. Harry Kane is one of the best forwards in the world. He's arguably the Spurs, uh, Tottenham Hotspurs best forward, but he didn't play for like two months and he was cleared fit as I do air quotes, but you know, it's completely different from being in practice shape and fit to game shape. And they kind of let let Lucas Mora, who was the star who scored the hat trick in the semifinals to get them to the final on the bench. It was one of those scenarios basically that I was damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? You don't play yep. Harry Kane. The media is like, how dare you not play Harry Kane? He was ready to go. You play Harry Kane, and it's like, how do you play Harry Kane? He hasn't played in two months. I kind of see some comparisons to and some parallels to Steve Kerr with Durant here, man. I, I agree, but the thing about soccer is you can kind of have multiple guys on the. Would you? Can you play both of those guys at the same time? You could have. You could have. It just so happened that Lucas Mora was the fall guy for Harry Kane going into the lineup. Got it. You know, like yeah, there were probably other bits and pieces you could have maneuvered around the field, but yeah. So like my thinking is. Obviously, you don't have a guy like Durant on your bench, like as as great as Iguodala's playing. Uh, he also got hobbled too. That's something we need to monitor because there's a there's a chance, though it's not. You know, I wouldn't even say it's fifty fifty. I think it's more like seventy five twenty five that both Clay and Iggy play. There's a chance that they might be without those two guys, and at one point, it is it just, they're just going to be too injured, man. Well, that's the thing. So I was, you know, I, to kind of flip the question on me. You know, what does Golden State need to win game three? Granted, it's in the Bay. It's at home. They need a Steph Curry game, man. Steph Curry, you know, he, what, 20-something 20 points on 13, 14 shots. He hasn't had his 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 um, vintage Steph Curry game yet. And so, you know, if, you, if, if Golden State's going to win game three, I definitely think you need one of these 9 of 14 from three, um, you know, maybe seven or eight free throws from Steph Curry. You need like a 35-point game for Steph Curry for them to win because Clay's going to be hobbled. Iguodala's going to be hobbled. 
Boogie Cousins is still getting his legs underneath him. These guys are hurt. And granted that they're deep, but I, I think for them to really win this game, because look, what happened? Toronto wins game one. What does Golden State do? They watch the tape. They have all of the tape on game one. It's, it's all about kind of like, you know, um, making adjustments on the fly or, or making the adjustments from game to game. Toronto will bounce back. Don't get it twisted. So the idea is you're going to need something from Steph Curry because he hasn't given you that 30-40 point game yet. Yeah, that explosion is coming uh, from Steph, and I, I think we might he might have to. You know, Steph Curry, for all his greatness, he's won three championships. He hasn't won a finals MVP. And a lot of people are kind of holding that against him. So he needs to have that big game, and this might be it where your team's hobbled and shorthanded, you know, like Jordan did it in the past, and uh, even LeBron has done it in the past where his team is shorthanded, and he gives you that performance when they need it. So I do think, though, going to... Out west, um, yeah. it's going to be something interesting to see what this crowd is going to be like. Because, you know, this is, I think this is the first finals since they got the rant that they're not up 2 0. Ooh, that's interesting. And they also don't have home court. So, I mean, they have home court now, technically, but how different would this series have been if it opened up in Golden State as opposed to Toronto? I still think Toronto splits. Okay. Do you? I, I think so, too, man. I think so, too. You know, it goes to show you that, you know what, the regular season actually does matter. Yeah. Uh, to a certain point where, you know, just it's a, it's a two-game difference. Like, the Golden State wins two more games. Game one and two, and then five and seven, the most important games, are at home. Yeah, I think Toronto's one of the... Uh one of the few teams to beat Golden, straight, Golden State in three straight games. I know it was Houston beat them three straight. Well, this is taking into account regular season and the playoffs. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. uh, one, less than a handful of teams that have beaten Golden State during this dynasty run uh, in three in a row. Um, and like I said, you're taking into account the two regular season games that they beat them in and then game one. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you need a big Kawhi game. Um, who looks? Who still doesn't even look 100%, right? Because at the, at the end of game two, um, the, kind of the, the ball gets thrown around on the inbound, right? When it finally makes its way to Iguodala and he hits the three, it's like, dude, with all due respect, I, I know Kawhi's an animal, but I feel like if he was 100% healthy and he had his legs underneath him, he probably would have picked that ball off. Yeah, at least he yeah, had a hand on it, yeah. Instead, Livingston kind of... He, he, he does the, uh, the the football. You know, he ran the button hook. He ran in and he, he went after the ball rather than the way for the ball to come to him. He goes and gets the ball, makes the pass. Iguodala is wide open for the three, disrespectful, leaving him open. Um, but yeah, I think that if Kawhi's 100% healthy, that's a steal or who knows, at least a deflection and maybe they inbound the ball again. Um, so I, I don't know. Super interesting. Also really surprised that um, uh, Steph said that the box and one defense that they were running on him was uh, I, I think he used the word gimmick I don't remember what kind of term he used in the postgame press conference but really surprised to see a Toronto run a box in one which is basically it's a two and two zone four guys are, are essentially a box right on defense mm. and then you have one guy chasing around Steph who would be Fred Van Bleet. Um so in, you know, surprised that they kind of ran that. Wondering, you know, I'm gonna. I wonder how much more they're gonna run that. And another thing that I'm looking forward to for Game Three is you're gonna have Clay on Kawhi, and Clay's kind of hobbled. Kawhi's yeah. hobbled too, but 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 a hammy's a different story. What I'm worried about mostly for Clay now is what if he reaggravates it? That's dangerous. You know, would you consider playing him in a limited fashion or even sitting him completely for Game Three so that he's good for the rest of the series? That's just something to think about. Just because if you lose Clay, it's tough because not only is he 
a guy that can go off for 30, 40 points at any given time, but he's a guy that's going to lock up your best player on the other end of the court. So um, it's a double-edged sword, um, you know, for, for Clay, without a doubt. If Clay didn't get hurt, it was going to be one of those Clay games, too. It just, yes. it just it just shaped up like, you know, he was 4 or 6 from 3. He was feeling it, 10 of 17 from the field. Um, yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, people people often forget that Clay's a really good defender, too, and he usually takes the other team's best uh, offensive weapon. And also, as far as the boxing one goes, you know, when... That's also, I think, good coaching on Nick Nurse. I want to give him some credit because he went to the boxing one more so when Clay got hurt and yes. like knowing that Durant's not out there because like you can't run that shit with both of those guys out there too. You're right. That's a great point. That's so a that's great, that's great a good way to adjust, like sort of on the fly too. So hats off to Nick Nurse on that. Um, all right. One one big. All right. How am I trying to phrase this right now? For the rest of the series. What do you think? How do you think it plays out, man? Because the next time we would record would probably be in between game. Uh, it'd be previewing like game five and the rest of the series. I think they split in Golden State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised if Toronto wins game three. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Toronto wins game three. They're, they're, uh, Golden State is Clay's, uh, Clay's hurt or he's limited. Um, like I mentioned, Boogie's still getting his legs underneath him. Who knows what you're going to get with Stay- Steph. He looked gassed. Um, no Durant, like, you know, like we both said. Looney, who's a huge piece now, is out indefinitely with the collarbone. He's not coming back for the rest of the series. So now you're going to have to lean on Bogut, who gave you some serviceable minutes. But granted, now he's going to have to play extended time. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Toronto wins game three. Um, you know, or maybe they lose game three, but they win game four. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting a split in Golden State. Just to, I just checked. Uh, game five would be Monday. Now, got it. So then we would have Tuesday and Wednesday to figure out when we were going to record for game six, which would be Thursday. But you know, do you think we'll we'll be recording? Oh, how about this? this is a good question. So you think they're going to split? Uh, is there any possibility that we're not recording? next week a preview of the rest of the finals and more so of a recap do you think this series can end in five no i think it can end in five i don't see it with the way that golden state's beat up right now well that's well that's that's my argument i think if if there's a scenario where clay gets hurt you know or or aggravates a hamstring and then you're down to really steph healthy you know he had the flu also which was something we needed to mention like he had like 103 fever playing in game two so that's just another wrinkle you could throw into what i was listing before no durant no clay at home one bucket in the last 16 uh, in the last six minutes steph sick that's a game that you let go if you're the raptors and and you're saying how can toronto possibly even win a game if if golden state had all of this going against them and they still won that's the logic I, I, i that's fair so i think if 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 Clay's hurt, man, like it, it might come down to it, Imp, where if Golden State loses this series, you can literally say and have a strong case for you that yo, they just got hurt at the wrong time, and they've been blessed. Their history in this era of the Golden State Warriors since about 2013, 14, when like Steve Kerr kind of took over, or you know, it was like that last Mark Jackson year where you know they were the next team up. They've been blessed with injury like success, you know. They no one's really lost a lot of time at a crucial point in their seasons. 
I don't think I, I think I, I heard or read. I don't remember where I, where where I absorbed it. But Clay hasn't missed a playoff game the, this entire run, which is super impressive. Especially for how they they fucking run that guy to the ground too. Not only is he running everywhere on offense, he's also running everywhere on defense too. It's so impressive. yeah, playing both ends on the uh, of the floor. Yeah. yeah. Um. What about you? Is this what? Um. What what's going to happen as they go back to Toronto? Man, so I would like to see a game five be a you know two two series. We always talk about. I believe it's like eighty three percent the team that wins game five in the in in a best of seven series when it's tied ends up winning the series. Yeah. Yo, it would be crazy, but I wouldn't put it past it, especially with these injuries, man. If it's going back to Toronto for a closeout. Ooh, Golden State, you mean? Closing uh, it out. No, no, I think the other Ooh. way. I think I think Toronto could win too. Yo, Toronto had. I, I think they were the third best team on the road this year. Yeah, I mean, look, like you said, and like you both said, man, to, Toronto played really bad, and they still kind of cut it to a one possession game late in that game. They played bad. Imagine if they were hitting shots. And even Kawhi, like the, the his box score is kind of misleading. Like you see, he had he had thirty four points, but he scored sixteen of it at the line. So he had he really had a James Harden game. Where like Harden puts up like a 40 spot but he's like 18 of 19 from the free throw line. It's like, "All right, yeah, you get mad points at the line." I'm speechless. So, I it's it's been a fun series so far. Last thing, do you think like are you buying into this? Oh man, the NBA hates it that Canada's in the finals. Do you believe in that stuff? Like they didn't want the, the Canada to be there because of ratings and shit. I don't know. I think I think the NBA at this point is all about global expansion. Yes. And so, what's better than you know a, 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 an international team essentially? Um, you know, being on the biggest stage. I think that Toronto is one of the largest cities in the world. Um, just because it's not a New York, Chicago, or LA doesn't mean it's not a big city. Toronto is one of the larger cities in the world, and I think Adam Silver's happy about it. Um, I think there are rumblings that they want to bring a team to Europe, a professional team to Europe, if I'm not mistaken. That, I mean, that that's too, that's too much, man. Could you imagine the Lakers having to go to London to play a game, dude? It's, a, it's like a 12, 13 hour flight. That's that's too much. I think that gets crazy. I agree. No, it, no it, offense, it, like because I've always, I've always said the same thing about, oh, they're gonna put a football team from the NFL in, in London. London. Like, dude, you can't do that. Well, what's gonna happen when the Seahawks have to play there, or when the London team has to play in Seattle? Because they're not gonna play all their games in London. They, they would have to get creative with the schedules, and hopefully, like, you would have to have a buy after every time you play in London. I think that's the only way you can make it work. Okay, that could be interesting. But then you're gonna have a bye week too. But even if they so, what if you put a team in Mexico? There's there's a couple you know alternatives. But um, going back to the original point, I don't think anybody, I don't think the league has an issue with um, it being Toronto because Toronto's a pretty damn big city. It's not like it's I can't even think of a small city, Ottawa, right? Like it ain't Ottawa, dog. It ain't Vancouver. Much love to the Grizzlies, but they left for a reason. Yeah, um, it's Toronto. Toronto's a massive market. You know what I mean? So it's a different story. Um, are they losing viewers? Maybe LeBron's out in the finals. They're supposedly, are, you know, someone told me they're down forty percent. Is that true? I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. I think Adam Silver's fine with it because of because of his huge push to go global. So, look, yeah. would would he is he would he be excited if they were in the finals next year? I'm sure he'd prefer a Boston or a New York or a Miami or something like that, right? But you know, 
for one year to get this kind of global expansion thing going. I'm thinking, I think he's cool with it. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that too, man. And also the Raptors, they've been they've been good for a while now too. They they finally broke through. Uh, all right, last thing. Do you hear uh, Demar Derozan's comments about how he was a sacrificial lamb to to their success? Nah, that sucks to put on Demar Derozan's. Uh, that sucks to say. That sucks to say. Yeah, you know, I, I'm sure he's watching this, and you know, there there have been reports that you know Kyle Lowry said that he's talked to him pretty much after every game ever since the Spurs have gotten knocked out and. He, he still has good things to say about, you know, it was his teammates. He went through the wars and, and the grind with those guys. But it also shows you how much better Kawhi is than Jamar DeRozan with all due respect. Yeah. And you, <laughs> get, from, and you get from out of that contract, too, which, you know, let's face it. You, yeah, because we mentioned it. Kyle Lowry's contract expires after next year. And then Kawhi, who knows what he's going to do. Not only did it, it give you the opportunity to get to NBA, NBA Finals this year, which they did. Mm-hmm. But now it kind of gives them more cap flexibility down the road. So it was a win-win for Masai Ujiri, a guy that we've given credit to every week. Yeah. And apparently uh, Kawhi Leonard's looking to buy a house in Toronto. So no. make, that, make that what you will. Yeah. It was That'd reported awesome. from some some uh, Canadian network. I forgot where I saw it on Instagram. But they had the blue check. And, but, you know, the blue check is legit. If you got the blue check, you're valid. I will take your word for it. All right. Uh, we can wrap up with this one. Um, yeah, guys, enjoy the finals. There have been two competitive games. Uh, yes. I've, I've enjoyed it. Imps enjoyed it. And it seems to be... It, it's a good series. I think it's going to be a lengthy one, too. So let's see how this plays out. Imp, where can they find you if they want to contact you? I-M-P-Y-718. You already know. imp 718 You already know. Twitter and Instagram. What about you? You can find me at The Lamb Show, Twitter, Instagram, and on Twitch. Most importantly, at Veterans Minimum is the handle for the show on Twitter and on social media. Uh, sorry, on Instagram. With that being said, we will catch you guys next time on the VM NBA show. Peace. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.